click over. And we would appreciate at some point during the service, if you're blessed in any way, that you'd give us a like and maybe even subscribe to our channel. I think you'll be blessed by the good things that come from that. We're really glad to have you, especially if you are a guest today, if you're one of our visitors. We really thank you for taking the time to be with us. It's our desire to extend the blessing of this hour and this moment and the welcome and the fellowship that you've already received into the days and weeks ahead. We would ask that you take one of the blue guest cards that you'll find on the po- in the pocket on the back of the chair right there in front of you and fill out as much of this as you're comfortable with. It actually has two sides, so turn the card over and see what you're willing to fill out there. Uh, during the, at the end of the service, when everything's over, there's a box at the back that says gifts to God, giving back to God. And if you're one of our guests today, we don't want you to feel under any obligation to make a monetary gift. But if you would make, again, this little blue card with filled out a little bit, uh, your gift to us, so you can put it in that box. We'd appreciate it very, very much. On your way in today, I hope that you got your uh, hard copy of the caring and sharing, a number of things there that you'll want to be caught up on, particularly in the prayer request. And again, uh, as school gets started, we'll talk some more about this, but uh, several things that are occurring and the caring and sharing can be a great update on that. Uh, There are a couple of things that have happened since we published, and you'll hear more about those at the end of the service as well. So please... Uh, pick up the caring and sharing and keep it with you. And particularly, go to the website and uh, th- again, you'll find a number of updates there, including the opportunity to download your own copy of the, of the caring and sharing and carry it around with you on your phone or tablet or maybe at work to even have it on your computer there. On your way in also, I hope you grabbed one of the uh, individual communion sets that we have there. We'll continue to not pass trays around. That'll not only be true for uh, our, our celebration of the Lord's Supper, but it's also true for our giving back to God. A lot of different ways that you can do that. Uh, the QR code can be one of the simplest ones to that process as well. And moms and dads, don't forget about our kids' gift, which will follow uh, the, the Lord's Supper. I know the, 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 the caring and sharing says it might be just right here, right now. It's not until after the Lord's Supper, so uh, be sure and be prepared for that couple of things I want to make you aware of that are kind of pressing. So uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, a truck from Sunny Glen Children's Home is going to be here. And we have been regular and, and generous supporters of their needs. And so if you could come up with some of the things that are on the list that you see on the screen or in your caring and sharing, if you haven't already, put those in the box that's in the foyer. If you want to bring some of those up here, uh, please do that. And again, that truck will be here either Tuesday or Wednesday. So we wanted to be sure and highlight it for you if you want to jump in with both feet with that. Loving BISD is our our mission emphasis for August. Again, an organization that partners with the schools. It is not part of the school district, but partners with the school district to uh, kind of come around and support and engage churches in some of the volunteer work that goes on at schools. Our church has adopted AP Boydell, and for several years now, we missed it last year because of COVID concerns, but uh, we will again be having a, a breakfast that will be for the staff. That'll be on uh, Wednesday the 11th at 7.30 in the morning. Uh, Belinda Tavry, Belinda, please stand up where you are. Your hand being raised is not enough. This is Belinda Tavry. She'll be out in the Welcome Center. Is that correct? If you want to help with that. And I, I think she's already gotten some help, but please check in with her. Um, Kelly McBrayer teaches at a unique school in our district called the Lighthouse Learning Center. Um, and we have 
special students that come to that uh, campus that have special needs in reality, and basically they typically show up without school supplies, whereas most folks with more stable homes will show up with the supplies they're supposed to have. And she's asked for several years that we contribute some of those supplies. You see the list there. Uh, If you could have those here by next Sunday, that would really be appreciated so that she would be ready for the first day of school to really bless some kids who who maybe sometime question whether life has any blessings in it at all. And we can be that word of God that you can be blessed. Next Sunday, of course, if you're not aware, if you didn't read the marquee, if you haven't been reading the bulletin, if you haven't been listening, next Sunday is our student back-to-school blessing. Uh, I, I, again, want to remind you, there, there are times that inviting a friend to church is going to be kind of a, uh, well, why do you want me to come this week? What's so special about that kind of thing? This is not one of those weeks. This is a week where you say, neighbor, really love you to, you and your children who attend school to come to church with me because we're going to have a blessing over the students who are headed to school. And so it's this unique opportunity, and I really hope that you'll take advantage of it. I hope we have to find a few extra chairs next Sunday to be sure we get everybody in here. So, uh, And let me say this. Next Sunday... Uh, Unless something changes in the way our tech... We have been able to get the live service back up and accessible. Somebody say amen and hallelujah. And thank you to all those folks that have worked so hard to make that a reality. But next Sunday you are going to get... Every one of you are going to get a link to that service. And so even if you have a neighbor who says they might not attend in person for whatever reason... Say, I'm going to send you a link... To that service, and I really think you'll be blessed by it. Would you mind if I sent you a link by text to the service? So please take care and do that. After the student blessing, you're going to hear more about our lunch together at the end of the service. But after, that afternoon is the back bi the loving bisd back to school prayer walk. I also understand that there's pretty good possibility that Angleton will be hosting something like that, Angleton School District, and uh, maybe even a couple in the area, but I know that BISD is doing that. Isn't that a good-looking couple out there in front of A.P. Boydell? Um, And if you can just kind of see in the corner, somebody's got a T-shirt on, and if you have one of those, you might want to wear it next Sunday as well. That's enough announcements. Somebody say... Thank you. Let's stand together as we begin our service by quoting from, together, reciting parts of Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak His praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take part. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. And the whole church said, let's worship together. Come, let us sing with joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and soul and with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King of all our gods. In His hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain beings belong to Him. The sea is His, He made it, and His hands form the 
taken in the last couple of uh, days we've taken and asked to look at what are some of the things that we can do how can we help how can the, how can we minister how can we do things for the community how can we help other people uh, last week trying to do uh, filling up the benevolence uh, pantries now we've taken uh, challenging our teachers, because some of our teachers are going to get ready to start are going back to school. Um, they need a lot of help, a uh, lot of blessings. Um, it's a challenge, it, it, and you're being asked to do things. And it will be kind of interesting this year not doing that, but this will be an interesting to see how it goes still going to get mentoring or still going to go do and try and do some things there. So think about what are the gifts and the blessings that you have. How can you share those? How can you be a part of the community? How can you give back? And how can you be an impact in the community? Will you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, we're very thankful for all the blessings that we have, all the things that we're given in this world. 
the challenges, the opportunities to uh, present the word, to be able to show the world, to demonstrate that. And we're asked that you continue blessings upon all that go to, go to schools, go to our communities. How do we help out? How do we take and be a blessing to that? And we know they're challenged, and we know that we need to be able to do all this. And we ask for the strength and the guidance and the confidence to be able to help out and to do and to push into the community and, and spread the word. And we ask all this through your son's name. Amen. Your only son knows him to hide, but you have sent him from your side to walk upon this guilty side and to become the Lamb of God. Your gift of love they crucified, they Leviticus chapter 1. The Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. He said, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord, bring it as an offering, an animal from either the herd or the flock. If the, if the offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to offer a male without defect. He must present it at the entrance of the tent of meeting, so that it will be acceptable to the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the young bull there before the Lord. And then Aaron and his sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and sprinkle it against the altar on all the sides of the entrance to the tent of the meeting. He is to skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, are to put fire on the altar and arrange the wood on the fire. 
Then Aaron's sons, the priests, shall arrange the pieces, including the head and the fat on the burning wood that is on the altar. He is to wash the inner parts and the legs with water and priest and burn it on all the altar. It is a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, and a roaming pleasing of the Lord. He continues on, if it is a sheep or a goat, what to do. And then he continues on further with the, what to do if it's a bird, a dove or a pigeon. In chapter 2, it talks about the grain offering. In chapter 3, it talks about the fellowship offering. In chapter 4, the sin offering. In chapter 5, the guilt offering. You can imagine being a young Israelite child going to homeschool or whatever and learning all of this, whether uh, how to do it and when to do it. And, and you sin, and I need to offer a, a, a sacrifice for my sin. Now, wait, is that a guilt offering? Is that a fellowship offering? Is that a, uh, a burnt offering? Or is it a what? just mind-boggling to think of it? And yet Jesus took the place of all of that. You can imagine the relief that people and how hard it was for them to believe uh, that they were like, wait, Jesus died once for everybody, for all, and that's it? I mean, you know, when you talk about counting our blessings, do you ever count your sins? It's called confession. And you confess to God, and sometimes I add up my sins, and I'm like, well, I almost feel like Jesus needs to die two or three times just for me. And yet Jesus only had to die once for everyone. And so as we go through all these offerings, offerings that they had daily sacrifices, weekly sacrifices, monthly sacrifices, yearly sacrifices, on and on. And all of this was to emphasize just how bad sin is. And the opposite of that emphasizes just how good Christ is. Uh, Let's go to our Father in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you and just think of of the sacrifice that Christ has made, that he is our Passover lamb, that he has borne all our sins, that our sins are forgiven because of him. And Lord, as we remember that, as we take this bread that represents his body, we just ask that each of us will uh, inspect ourselves closely and, and examine ourselves and, and Lord, just see our weaknesses, confess our faults, and, and just put our hopes and faith upon Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Let's continue with our prayer. Heavenly Father, we just are thankful once again for Jesus, for his blood that was shed, the blood that cleanses us, that washes us clean. And Lord, just ask once again that you will bless this uh, fruit of the vine from its common use to its sacred use and bless each one of us as we partake. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and sang, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you.
just remind you once again, we have numerous ways to give. Uh, and so you are very familiar with those. And uh, at this time, we'd like to offer a prayer of thanks to God for all the blessings that we have. Our Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you once again for Jesus and the spiritual blessings that he has brought to us. And Lord, we also want to thank you for the material blessings that you have given us, for the riches, for the wealth. Lord, just let us give back this morning to you. Let us give back cheerfully. Let us give back generously. Uh, let us give back joyfully. And Lord, we just praise that those funds that are collected, they will be used in a wise way, that they will use to spread your gospel, to save souls, to help those that are less fortunate. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And we have the kids' gift right now. Stage two, limitless kids and praise kids can all head to their to their room. Did somebody drop that, or did you just decide to give to the kids' gift? Okay, all right.
morning. morning. I'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them down on door frames and on your houses and on your, da- on your gates. So I'll be standing for the song, please. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my you sit down say hallelujah. hallelujah. The amazing grace of the Lord and his great faithfulness surround us and fill us up in ways that are uh, quite literally incalculable. We're called to count your many blessings but isn't it really beyond counting and for that we stop and say thank you. One of the most remarkable Christian camps that I've ever visited and, and as I hear stories of other places is the HEB Family Foundation Camp. Yes, this is the family that established the HEB groceries chain. If you're not aware, uh, the man who established that had a, 
a major life change, a, a conversion as it were, actually as a result of uh, the Billy Graham campaigns. And he decided as he began to make really more money than he knew what to do with that he wanted to put it to work for the Lord. The family had bought this piece of property that's on the East Fork of the Frio River uh, just north of Lakey many years before. And, and before he died, he said, I want that piece of property to become a place where families and young people and Christians can gather together and be re- re- refreshed. The refreshing that it gave his family, he wanted to be spread to everyone. The family has since uh, spent what has to be millions of dollars doing improvements and making that a wonderful place to visit. I particularly love the sign that as you get, you come up, I believe you're on Highway 83, and you begin to drive down into this canyon to get down to the, to the banks of the East Fork of the Frio there. There's a sign as you get to that spot, and again, it looks like this. Yes, you drive in the river to get to any of the camps that are associated. And there are several different campgrounds, including a very, very lovely adult retreat facility called Laity Lodge. You have to drive through the river. It's well marked with the stones, but it, it, for the first time when you get there, you kind of, whoa, whoa, because it's not a crossing of the river. You drive along the river. And uh, We've been there when it's rained a little bit, and there was a little worry about whether we'd be able to get out when the weekend was over, but uh, it's never been, been something that kept us from doing that. But water over roads is not always just a unique adventure. In the summer of 2007, uh, I had been out of youth ministry for about eight years, but the, we were in a transition at Belton between youth ministers, and the youth minister at Belton runs the summer camp that our church attends, and so they reached back into their history and grabbed an old man and said, you'll direct camp. Little did I know that on Tuesday of camp, um, one of the largest floods that have affected the hill country in its history, approximately 26 inches of rain fell in about three hours around Marble Falls. Here, when that much rain falls, it doesn't have anywhere to go because everything's flat. There, the rain can't absorb in the ground because it's all just rock. And it goes straight to the creeks and things like that. It had been raining during the night. Uh, Sorry about this, but as a camp director, when the camp day is over, sleep comes easily and deeply, at least for me. And so when I woke and stepped out of the little trailer that I'm in uh, as the camp director, I stepped out and right there at my feet right around the wheels of the camper, was debris. The camper's about 20 feet off of the creek surface. A wall of water somewhere between 20 and 25 feet had moved down that valley. And I immediately panicked because we have cabins that are lower than where I am. And I thought, my God, and this was a prayer, not an exclamation of of, uh, taking the Lord's vein in vain, my God, they may all be washed away. And I ran down and I just remember coming around that last cedar tree and there was the girl's cabin still standing. There was debris within a few feet of it, but hadn't been touched. Later in the day, we uh, went and looked around a little bit about what was going on, found multiple cars and trees. Uh, you will see that on the slide. Uh, didn't see this one. The one that I saw was actually about eight feet off the ground. It had been washed off the road, lifted up and put in the top of it cedar tree. One of the more memorable scenes that got in the newspapers uh, was this uh, limousine uh, that was in Marble Falls. 
um, it, it had been picked up about five blocks up the street and moved down the street, just floated down the street. There was actually a bulldozer that got moved about 10 or 12 feet. That's how much water was running through everything. It made for a very interesting day at camp. It made for a very interesting week. In fact, we had a second week that followed that. The floodwaters were rising, and and, uh, the sheriff came out that evening and said, just so you know, you're going to be cut off in every direction in about three hours. And uh, I got to get up and announce to the kids that it may well be that if the waters rise and we can't get out, that you get to sleep in late on Saturday morning at camp. And they all thought that was wonderful news. We sent the kitchen staff to get as much fresh bread and fresh milk was available at two different convenience stores in two different directions, and God was gracious, and we were able to get them out on Friday night and get the next camp in. Uh, Although it appears that parents had to kind of be very careful about which route they took because it would keep raining and flood one route or flood the other, and they couldn't be there. Sometimes the water over the roads is really, really scary. We're going to begin a new sermon series entitled Family in Motion. All of life is a series of transitions. If you haven't figured this out yet, you probably just haven't quite lived long enough. Maybe as a child, to a certain extent, we don't realize it's coming. We don't necessarily look ahead, although there are anticipations. But when we get to be into our adult life, we realize just about the time we get used to this stage we're in, we're going to be on to a new stage. We have just gotten used to this grandchild phase and being able to kind of do with them whatever we wanted whenever we wanted to we're coming this weekend why don't y'all come down that kind of thing we've got this grandchild who's now turned five and is headed to kindergarten and that's a new stage in life and Callie is uh, excited about that she's a very social child if you haven't met Callie you don't know but uh, I'm sure she's in for a little bit of a of an awakening when she gets to kindergarten because she won't be the only child that will need everybody's attention at the same time. So we're looking forward to how she adjusts to that. It transitions, and just about the time you get to use to the fact that our children are now in this process of growing and learning through schools and we send them to school every day, suddenly they are gone to college. And they set off on a new adventure And life just continues these transitions. And in reality, our culture kind of seems to... Its its rate of acceleration, I think, began to threaten us even more. The acceleration and pace of society and cultural change can make us think it's all just moving. As Psalm 46 says, as if the earth was shaking, as if the earth and the mountains were like the sea and quivering with the waves that it goes, we can begin to think that things can be out of control. Last year we had something that at least in my lifetime nobody had ever experienced. If you were old enough to remember the Spanish flu back, back in the teens, then you're quite old. But um, uh, most of us hadn't experienced anything like that. And it changed things. And, and, And again, we argued about the way it changed things. And was that okay? And then vaccinations came available. And it seemed like we could be removed from that. And now a Delta variant is here. And just every single time we think we seem to solve one set of problems, or I don't know that it's solved them so much as in life, we're just kind of trying to get a grip on it, aren't we? Okay, I can deal with this. I can deal with my child who's growing up. Oh, wait, they've got to go to school. Ah! And then we kind of figure out how to get
get a grip on it. And just as we're getting a grip on it, there's this thing called a Delta variant. And it's changing the way we're thinking about it. Technology. Not only the technology that's in your hand that just seems... By the way, does anybody... Are any of you the kind of people a little bit like me that you don't buy the phone that you need to buy because you know that if I wait a week, there'll be a better phone out there? Is that something? Or don't buy the computer? Because I, I think we've now reached a point where we realize the curve of acceleration and change is such that just get one and be happy with it. You don't need all that new stuff. Although I will say, little fingerprint thing and the way it connects to my hearing aids, all that's kind of cool. I, I'm, I'm a fan, right? You don't have hearing aids. You call them AirPods. They will soon be hearing aids. But it's not just the technology that's in our hand. Just so you know, my weather channel decided to come on and start talking in my ear. Uh, I don't want it to do that again. Would you come and shut it down for me? It's definitely never started talking to me in my... It's rung before in my ears, but it's never started talking to me in my ears. But in reality, technology in every aspect of our lives. How many years ago would you have ever even been able to say cyber security? And now you know that that isn't just something that the military has to worry about, but we had a hack into a a utility company in Pennsylvania earlier in the year where they shut down the power grid because they could attack the network of that company. Our society continues to change, and so often it threatens and and assaults, I'll even say that word, assaults definitions of life. We have definitions of gender, and where does that question fall into our understanding, our worldview, what we see around us? And it just seems in general that the world and our culture and society as a whole wants to kind of say the definition of what being a person is changing. Living can sometimes feel really scary. There are many moments of transition that are recorded in the Bible. Few of them are as powerfully explored as the anticipation of the entry into the long-anticipated promised land found in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a book that simply wants to, that is a sermon. Moses stands up, and I don't know if you want to picture it or not. I will point you to this image in just a moment, but stands in front of all the people, and I'm not sure how you do that. I'm not sure how Jesus stood on a mountain and spoke to 5,000 people. But Moses is, is, the image that's developed here is that Moses stands and delivers this kind of closing sermon. The sermon itself takes on lots of unique forms. Uh, He tells the story of their past. He kind of gives them a summary of what God wants them to be about. And particularly, you need to understand that there's some language here that is, that is very typical of that time and place, the ancient Near East, where he says, there is God who is greater than you are, and he wants to invite you into a relationship. And if you want to use a technical term, invite you into a covenant. 
Now, you are not good enough to be in a covenant with him, but he chooses to extend that to you. And that then what we see outlined in in much of Deuteronomy are the terms of that covenant. But it's in this very dramatic sense. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers are so narrative. It's almost like Moses stands back and tells the story from from a third person. When we hear the words of Deuteronomy, Moses is no longer standing in the role of the third person. This is a personal message. We're not going to get in the weeks that we get to spend in it to delve into every word. And I I invite you to read Deuteronomy. Um, Jerry read from Leviticus today. And there will be some laws that are outlined in Deuteronomy. But it goes into less about the detail of specifics of things and more about the overarching sense of why... Would God call you to act and live in this way? I think you'll find it refreshing if you've ever kind of gotten bogged down in genealogies and again, technical things about mold and about which kind of animal and what kind of day and what you can do. You'll find Deuteronomy very refreshing and you will find it challenging. The book opens up with this statement. Chapter 1, verse 1. These are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped there in the Jordan Valley. They have made that journey, that journey that has carried them from Egypt and again brought them across the Red Sea. They have made that journey to Sinai where God initiated in Deuteronomy actually the word there that's used is the second law. And the idea is that the first law was given at Sinai, and Moses now in this sermon will remind you of what God said about at Sinai. In fact, there's a phrase in Deuteronomy that says, God didn't make that covenant at Sinai with your forefathers. He made it with you. Even though most of you weren't alive when we were there, it was a covenant that he made with you. And so it is that Moses, in reality, is preaching this sermon to remind them of what was said there. In many ways, that's what the emphasis is. He is telling them this story. And if you read the first opening verses, there are lots of place names there. And basically what the writer is doing is bringing you from Sinai, the 40 years of the wanderings, and bringing you right up to the bank of the Jordan River. We are ready for our lives to change. We are going to go from being a people who have wandered around in this wilderness... And again, he will, in the opening chapters, he will give the reasons why you've been wandering around for 40 years. People who have wandered around as nomads, who are about to enter into a place. If you continue to read in chapter 6, in fact, Mike read it as part of our, our Lord's Supper. The idea that God has given you cities you didn't build, and vineyards you didn't plant, and houses that you didn't build. He's going to move you in, and your life is going to shift from being nomads... To being an established people in established cities. And you're going to move from being a people in isolation to being a people who are surrounded by others. And your life needs to be a witness for them. But as they took in these words of Moses, this or something like this is what they were looking at. They were looking at a river. Sorry, uh, I'm going to skip you forward one, Lindsay. My apologies. They're looking at the Jordan River. And to a certain extent, it's wonderful to talk about getting in the promised land, but what? how do we get across that? And again, make no mistakes, 
Their thoughts had to go back to the Red Sea and how God carried them across. And the book of Joshua will unfold the details of how they get across there. But I want to be sure and affirm that as scary as it was to look at the road ending in the river and saying, we're going that way, how they were going to live was going to be an even greater challenge. The book of Joshua in chapter 1 will say that they came across the river and they partook of the of the bounty of the land, of the fruit of the land, and it was on that day that the manna stopped coming down every morning. This is a group of people who hadn't even had to cook breakfast every day. They were going to be taken care of by God and had been taken care of. Deuteronomy will go on to list the fact that in the 40 years that they wandered, their clothes didn't wear out, their shoes didn't wear out. They were able to do all this. In fact, he says, even sickness didn't overtake you like it could have. They're going to go into the land, and life is going to change. And the words of Deuteronomy are intended to give them, and in reality, I want to say, intended to give us a foundation and a guide for these incredible challenges. Have you ever thought, God, what am I going to do with this? This is moving too fast. These, are too dang- these things are too dangerous. This is more than I can account for. And I can guarantee you, although they didn't have to put up with cybersecurity, they didn't have to put up with whether or not somebody was going to hack into their computers, they didn't have to put up with redefinitions of life and gender and personhood, but they were moving into a world that was going to be different. And the words of Deuteronomy were not intended to necessarily solve all their problems, but to give them and reframe their perspective to say that God is bigger than any transition or challenge or scary thing that you're going to run into out there. Amen? And maybe, just maybe, we need to be, be reminded on, of that. Moses will expand this vision beyond just speaking to them and their own blessing. And if you would read with me from Deuteronomy chapter, I believe it's chapter 4, and starting with verse 5. See, I've taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. And that phrase will occur over and over and over again in the book of Deuteronomy. He is preparing them for where they are going. And I believe he intends, now thousands of years later, for us to be able to read these words and see it as preparation for us to step into things that challenge us as well. Follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of. Continuing in verse 6, observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the natures. Who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is wise and understanding people. Whether a nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to Him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees? Righteous there, probably you need to hear good, full, blessed, uh, giving life. Righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today. You see, Moses believed 
Or we could say God had told Moses or revealed to Moses that the way they lived and what they taught, again, the content of this book, would not only give them what they needed to succeed in this transition, and again, every transition we go to, but also make them and empower us to be powerful witnesses to the world around us. You remember the calling of Abraham. Again, one of those transitional moments. Abraham, you've always been here. Your family's always been here. I want you to go to a new place. And when he got to the new place, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to all people. And the instruction of Deuteronomy isn't simply intended to be something that says to us, here's how you can be in blessing and succeed, but here's how this wisdom and this understanding can help you be a witness to all the peoples around you in the midst of great turmoil and great transition. And the summary of the entire book, Jesus will say, all of the law and the prophets hinge on this. And when he says that phrase, he doesn't just mean the books of the law, first five and the, and the prophets when we look at the end, but when he uses that phrase, he means the entire Old Testament, everything that is written, hinges on this is read by Christopher earlier. Hear. And that word hear should ring a little different in your ears after a few weeks and let them hear. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is the one. Or another way of saying it, the Lord is our God and He alone is our God. And as we recognize who God is... The instruction, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Jesus will change the wording in the Gospels. He wants to speak into a first century Hellenistic world and he says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Which was just a a different way of looking at all of who people are. Jesus will also clarify... What Israel had lost, that when God said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, it didn't mean that I can isolate myself into a world of worshiping God without recognizing the people around me. Uh, John will say, you can't love God and not love the people that he created. Amen? And Jesus makes it much simpler for them. He then reaches into Leviticus chapter 19 and says, just in case you didn't get the point of loving God being the same as loving those around you, let me remind you what the law says, which is you love your neighbor as yourself. It is these words that Moses holds up and says, when the world changes, when your situation changes, when you see the news and it kind of seems a little bit threatening, when you... I don't know which is harder, sending our daughter off to kindergarten... And, and to a certain extent, it's harder to send a grandchild because we, 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 and by the way, our children are doing a great job of raising our kids. Grandparents say, okay, I thought somebody would say amen. But there's a, there's a disconnect as a grandparent that you're not there to do it. And to a certain extent, it's a little scarier. By the way, it's also a little scarier because schools, by the way, whether they're public schools or private schools. They're a little scarier. So even in those moments, 
when scary transitions comes, we can say, I know the Lord, and He is the one above all other gods. And I can set my heart at ease in my love for Him and His love for me. Amen? Not that that answers every question. Not that it somehow or another is, a, by the way, a magic incantation. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and everything will go away. That's not how that works. But it is an invitation to a relationship that says that even when you enter into the scary places, I know who God is. The one God who created it all and will bring it all to its fruition. Today's a special day. And I think in a powerful way, this thing, theme has a special impact for those who work as educators. You and I are the parents of a few children. We have teachers among us who are going to, and, and they are not substitute parents. We don't want them to be that. But in so many powerful ways, they step into that instructional and life-giving role in whatever the number is, 20. If you're in high school, they stack up classes on you until the cows come home. Kelly will have a different set of kids about every two weeks, and that number will change. And to a certain extent, sometimes those kids come from really scary places, and so they might want to be really scary to the people who are around them. We're here today to bless our educators. Excuse me. One of the things we're here to do today, especially, is to bless our educators. We want them to be affirmed in this message that the Lord is the one. And that there is nothing more important in their teaching career than to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and excuse me, I'm a modern person, mind and strength. To give all of themselves to God. And in doing that, it puts the perspectives of the challenges that they will have. And by the way, some of these teachers of young children are walking into classrooms of children in second grade who haven't yet learned to read because of how we've had to isolate and how their situation at home has not equipped them to discover that. And at least for a person in this society, it's a little scary to think about people who can't read. They have challenges, intellectual challenges, personal challenges, social challenges. And what we want to say to you is that in the midst of those challenges, we stand with you, beside you, under you, and walk forward and don't want you to ever feel alone. Amen, church? And we believe that God can equip them to be the people that can make a difference in kids' lives. How many of you can look back to a teacher? Elementary school, Miss Rushing. Junior high, Coach Harmon Anderson. High school, Mrs. Post. Taught me to write. That changed our lives. And while we can say some of it was about intellectually stimulating us, we all have to admit that part of it was that they recognized us as people and they affirmed who we were 
as people. And there may be nothing more powerful that they do than that. The school district is going to put a whole lot of things on them and put them in a whole lot of other directions. And they need to do a good job of doing many of those things. But I believe nothing is more important than that they stand and can communicate to those students. You are of value to the God who created the universe. And therefore you are, you are valuable to me. We're going to formally bless these folks at this time. And I would ask Jerry to come forward at this time. One of our elders who's going to word that prayer. Um, I simply don't know. I know that we have a person who's moving from being an aide in schools to being a full-time teacher. But I'm not sure if, if the Peltiers are here today. Uh, so remember Brandy Peltier in your prayers because she's stepping into that first time. Are there any other first-time teachers at any new level in the audience? And if you are, would you please stand wherever you are today? Okay. Then I want to invite those who are the classroom teachers that are in our audience to please stand at this time. Can you please affirm these people? Hope that you, I hope that if you're a homeschooler, that you're st already standing. If, if you're involved in private schools, I didn't intend to leave anybody out, preschools, whatever it may be. If you are part of the support and administration and other folks that surround that education process, would you please stand at this time as well? And let's affirm these Wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment and maybe take a step or two to surround the people who are around you. But more importantly, I want you to snap a mental picture. Next week, we're going to give you an apple to remember students. We don't have something tangible like that. I want you to remember these people. And maybe before you leave today, maybe walk up to them and see if you can get a selfie with them so you can remember them in prayer throughout the year. Because I want us not just today to be praying for God's blessings on these people, but I want us for the whole rest of the year to be praying for them. Jerry, would you come and word that prayer for us this morning? Our Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, and at this time we just want to hold up to you our educators, for those involved in education, from the administrators to the teachers to the aides to those that prepare the meals for the kids to those that clean the buildings, those that provide security. Lord, we just ask that you would bless each and every one of them as they uh, do their jobs. Uh, Lord, there are so many challenges that you have presented to us, a uh, new virus and security and, and all kinds of issues. We just ask that you would bless these teachers with uh, wisdom, with guidance, uh, with love. Uh, Lord, we just uh, pray for uh, the students that they will be teaching. Just give them safety uh, uh, as they drive to and from school on a bus or a car or whatever, walking to protect them physically. We ask that you would protect them spiritually. Uh, use these educators to uh, be an example of Jesus. Uh, let them see Jesus through them. Uh, many of these students come from what we call broken homes or in terrible situations and and we just hope that they can see a light through these people. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Old church said.
Amen and amen. The invitation is quite simple, and yet it is a lifetime invitation. Will you? Won't you? Can you? Please. Find a new and next and more love for the Lord your God. If you have questions about what that might look like in your life, or how that affirmation can address the troubles in your life, you are welcome to start that conversation here and now and today to come forward, to ask someone wherever you're sitting, to pick up the phone today and call someone and ask. If you're online with us, or in reality, if you would like to start the conversation in this kind of way, you're welcome to send a message to 979-217-3300. You can text us. We'll find it. It's a way to start the conversation. Or maybe, just maybe, the conversation needs to be with you, between you and God. God, wherever I am in that relationship, I want more. Won't you come as we stand and sing? Oh, Master, let me walk with Thee in lowly paths of service free. Help me Thy secret, help me bear the So speaking of how time flies, it seems like last week was when I was introducing Aaron and Kyle to you, but it's been a full summer. So I need for Kyle and Aaron to come back up, please. So this is um, their last Sunday with us, but I think we would all agree that Kyle and Aaron have done a fantastic job for us this summer. So. So we do have a, a little token of our appreciation. It's a, a frame of the, of the picture of the church, and a number of the kids and folks have, have signed these um, for them. So we expect when we go to visit them, and I'll be checking with Christopher, he'll be, that it'll be right there beside your bed, so you'll see this every night. So Kyle and Aaron will be heading back to College Station, back to college this fall, and we do want to pray for them and, and ask that you, this uh, fall and next spring as well, keep them in your prayers. Um, hopefully we'll see them again soon, either back here or up in College Station, but I'd like to ask a prayer blessing on them now. Father, we thank you so much for this summer and the, the work that Kyle and Aaron have done with our kids and with our youth group and blessed us in so many ways. We thank you for the relationships that they've developed this summer, and we pray that you'll continue to help those grow um, throughout the number of years that go ahead. We pray that you'll be with them this fall in their classes. We pray that you'll bless them there. We pray that you'll bless the Aggies for Christ that they attend as well and that they'll, they'll continue to do great work with them. Thank you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for coming here today. Um, I appreciate the series on family emotion. There is so many things going on right now this time of year 
uh, families seem to be taking different directions in, in everywhere they go, whether it's off to college or uh, other places. And it's just great to really open up a book, Deuteronomy, that it gets a little dusty over the years because it's kind of that book that's at the start and it's not really a lot of military stuff and it's not really prophecy, it's Deuteronomy. But it has a, has a lot of message there for us. One of the people that is in motion shortly uh, is a young man who uh, has spent a lot of time in this congregation, Mr. Preston Hewitt. And um, for those of you who came to the senior night that we had, how many weeks ago now, uh, I did scan the message that he wanted. There's no knives, no despot rulers, uh, no overweight individuals. But, but he did give us a really nice thank you note I'd like to read for, for you now from Preston. He says, I would like to start by thanking you for your guidance and support over my years growing up. This church has shaped me into the man I am today. I hope I can be as bright of a light for God as you all have shown me. I want to especially thank you for participating in the church match scholarship with Harding. That support that the church has shown means so much to me. You've been very a great example for me in my walk with faith and with God. So whenever you think that, eh, I'm just coming here, I'm just sitting in the chair, I talk to people every now and then, maybe go to a potluck, you're being watched by our young people. And the light that you shine, the message that you bring, is a message that these people can take with them as they transition into the next phases of life. So, Preston, we, we thank you and appreciate you and wish you the best at that super school that doesn't have weird shouts and yells but has a mighty bison. So, okay. <laughs> so, as we go forward, thank you again for joining us. Um, I do... I am very encouraged that our live stream is working. I know that we have really been working hard to get that going, and, and hopefully your family uh, away can start to connect with you once again live every Sunday morning. Um, we have a number of things that uh, we have coming up, but probably one of the key things is we're entering into the deacon identification process, and on uh, August 22nd, we're going to start the nomination process. So if you know of a man who would like to serve, or if you are a man who'd like to serve as a deacon, a servant for the congregation here, we would encourage you to consider that and uh, be praying about that, because that is an awesome opportunity to serve this congregation and help it. Uh, tonight, we have our Summer Family Faith Fest. Got it right the first time. Six o'clock here. Jerry Miller will be continuing his lessons on prayer. Uh, totally healthy meal. Uh, presented, uh, so feel free to come here, 6 o'clock, going to be a good lesson for us. Now, if you don't get enough food tonight, you'll have another opportunity next Sunday as we are having another one of our family fellowship Sundays, and it'll be a potluck, and I'm sure you can fix your favorite casserole, your favorite salad, your favorite dessert, and bring that for us, and we'll, we'll just have a great time next Sunday. Then we're going to go on and do some other good things in the community after that. So uh, be planning for that next week. So it's great that we have uh, good things happening. We have encouraging things happening, but we also have families that have really been suffering. Uh, Zane Lee uh, lost his, his wife this past week, Deborah, after she's been in pain for a number of years, but she got, uh, had an infection, the infection got worse, and uh, they took her up to Houston, but it was basically 
nothing that they could do. So she, she was able to get released from her suffering, and, and uh, that's a relief, but it's a tremendous loss for Zane. So we need to keep him in our prayers. They're, they haven't scheduled a memorial yet, but that will be in the future. Uh, to make things an even bigger challenge for Zane, his brother-in-law passed away, uh, Don Mullen. So uh, he needs your prayers. Send him a card, phone call. That would be a good thing, way we can support a fellow fam- family member. Carrie Shirts lost her sister, Becky Adams. So the Shirts family is also suffering at this time. So please keep them in mind. Uh, as the teachers get ready to go back to school, keep them in your prayers. And, and then again, Kyle and Aaron, we thank you for all the work that you did this summer. So if you would, join me now. Dear God, you are our God. You are our Lord. You are great and tremendous, and we are awesome to to consider all that you have done and the impact you've made in our world, in our lives. And so often, dear God, we forget all that you are. And we pray to you for strength to remember you in our lives, to remember that we need to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, that you can be a a key, a cornerstone, a foundation for our lives and all that we do. Dear God, we, we lift up Zane Lee at this time to you. We know that he's suffering so much. We pray that you will bring him comfort. We pray that you will touch his heart with peace. We pray that you will help him to reflect on, on the good times that he had with Deborah and, and the joy that they had together in this time of sorrow. We pray that you can give us, as a congregation, as his family, opportunities to t- reach out to him. We pray that you'll be with the Shirts family, that you will comfort them at this time. There are so many, dear God, that we know are suffering from sickness and illness. We pray that you will touch their lives. We pray that you will be with those who are caring for them that they can give them good care, that the uh, illnesses can pass, and they can reach full recovery. Dear God, we pray that you'll bless this nation with the recovery from from the virus. We pray that you'll bless us with the recovery from fear, that we can have confidence that in all things you work in our heart for good because we love you and we want you to be part of our lives. Dear God, we thank you for Kyle and Aaron and the work that they've done for our congregation. And we pray that you will be with them in this school year, that you will bless their efforts and bless the time that they have uh, to learn and to to dedicate their lives for for you. Dear God, in all that we have in this congregation, we pray for your guidance. We pray for uh, your strength and your assistance in all things. Dear God, we pray for your forgiveness when we don't live up to the the things that you would like us to, to strive for. And we pray for your strength and wisdom to know the path that we should take. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand for our closing song. As the mountains surround
with God. 